Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. <laughs> That's the positive thinking we need here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the football season is around the corner I've got not only a great episode this week, but looks like the guys from the Lakers Fast Break will be stopping by Inside Sports Fantasy Football next week. So catch our shows each and every week right there wherever you get your podcast. Game source, of course, LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out this guy right below me, Ox1947. He is all over LakersBall.com. Plus, he owns a company you need to support today if you need a lawn transformed into something much more beautiful than it is today, and you live in the Southern California area, go ahead and hit up Simulates, SimulatesWithAY.com. Our good friends, Jamie Sweet, and the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom, you know he's posting all sorts of crazy stuff, so go ahead and follow what he's doing today, along with Jamie Sweet and his five things articles at Lakerholics.com. Our new friend, Empire Jeff TV, go ahead and get him subscribed right there for you on YouTube. Please follow what he's doing as agreed to, to disagree podcast, everything that he's doing. He's been so insightful on our recent shows. So go ahead and give him a big shout out along with our good friend, John McCainlian subscribe to both those YouTube channels. And speaking of subscribing, there's a little Joe right next to a big Joe. So click on that little Joe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. We actually, I think, I believe again, are over 1,000 subscribers, and this time I think it's legit. No bo- no bots playing around where you were over 1,200 one day and then back down to 950 the next. I have been informed by a wonderful Torontoian, Torontoian, Toronto person, Toronto, whatever, that he has said that it's going to be legit, that the 1,000 subscribers we now have is legit. So I truly appreciate his efforts in helping get that. 
and also his snide remarks to Joe in the email. So if you can go ahead and please support us by subscribing today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Joe will be uh, having to go ahead and uh, probably pop in and out here in a bit, so I'll give him first questions. But the guest hits here, Chicago Bulls. We all know what's going on with the Chicago Bulls. They're looking right right now as a team that's still headed firmly in the direction of the playoffs. But is that the best course for the team? And here today, as our team expert for all 30 NBA teams, good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check them out today at the Bigs. US. That's right, the bigs.us. It is Joshua Hicks. And Josh, great to have you here. Truly appreciate you sitting through my monologue as we got started here. I got a lot they I got a lot of people to thank each and every time out. And do sincerely thank you for stopping by today's program. Not a problem at all, Gerald. I appreciate you reaching out. Um glad we able to make this happen. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to not only just go on a podcast and talk about Bulls. You know, you also get to talk about other teams around the league. And who, what what team would you want to talk about outside of what's happening in Tinseltown? I mean, it's, it's just that's just the best way to go. So I'm glad to be part of the conversation. Absolutely. You're always welcome here. It is truly appreciated. And if you are want to ever stop on by, that is greatly appreciated. But also as well before the Chicago Bulls games during the season with the Lakers. We'd love to center a pregame show around you as well. Just wanted to go ahead and make sure I let you know that as well. If you are available to do so, we'd be honored to have you as part of that as well. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. Uh, First question before we get into it is Joe Soro down there. So, Joe, I know you said you had to pop in and out. Joe Soro from Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com and LakersBall.com. Go ahead, Joe. What's your question for Mr. Hicks, my friend? I'm going to get down to uh, brass tacks here. When are you guys going to trade Alex Crusoe back to L.A.? <laughs> you could tell. Well, I shouldn't say here, back right? to L.A., but when are you going to do that? Because that's that's something that always stays with me every day, every moment of the of the season. And uh, I just wanted to see what your answer to that would be, being a Bulls guy. um let's put it this way as much as the lakers have loved lakers fans loved alice caruso we love him a lot here too really that's good that's good good. we love him a lot here too and so did the front office um yes the front office did their due diligence and just seeing what you can dangle for um a trade with alice caruso what the you know what the uh, recipients could be but at the end of the day it was never really the bulls's you know, ideal situation to trade Alex Caruso. Uh, they love what he brings to the table on both ends of the floor, um, three-point shooting, but especially on the defensive end, it brings the, the Bulls are really big on versatility, and that's what Alex Caruso brought to this team to a point where you saw some games where he, and some lineups where he had him playing in the four spot um, just because they wanted to play the small ball that can caught up, that can catch up with the speed component and. Alex Cruz has shown that even though they may be undersized, he can hang a little bit. Um, not to mention, he also was all-team defense this past season. So um, let's just say that at this present moment, especially since he got that nod, he's pretty much stuck in Chicago for the rest of this, for, for at least the rest of his term that he currently has going into the last year of his deal. Okay. So you don't see him, and that's something I think will go as a larger conversation uh, because where the team is structured it looks like it's going to be another so-so year, fourth to 
10th place finish projected. I've seen them listed all over the place so far at early projections. Is that about where you see them right now as, another, as going on another year of, I don't want to say mediocrity, but another year of maybe not, not at the highest peak of the Eastern Conference, but not at the lowest of lows in the Eastern Conference? Yes, you could definitely say that. Um, and if you want to call it mediocrity, by all means, I would approve it. Um, okay. Because that's just the reality of what this Bulls tenure has been, especially under the new regime. Mm-hmm. Um, Acme, as we call them, Artois Karnasovas uh, and Mark Eversley, um, they've been adamant and sticking into their guns. They're sticking their guns is being as versatile as possible, having options of both offensively and defensively, but also being able to stick to their core group of players that they brought in. They call it, they call it a continuity. They're all about continuity. And that's what they've really been um, pretty much holding their hands to the fire in. Um, for the most part, when they tell you they're going to do something, nine out of 10, they do it. You may not okay. agree with it, but nine out of 10, they've been very uh, valuable in the process and where they want to go with this thing. And based on the way this roster is constructed, especially going into this, uh, the end of this offseason, getting ready for, uh, you know, Bulls Media Day and, and, you know, NBA training camp, they did what they said they were going to do. And based on this current roster that is now constructed, everything has to go right for the Bulls to get a pretty good seating. Um, I think they can go as high as six. But I also feel like they could potentially drop to eight or nine like they did this past season. It really just depends on what goes on based on health and what takes place during the season, et cetera. But the Bulls do have a really good chance of making the playoffs without necessarily going into the play-in tournament. It, it, it's just it's just so many factors that have to go right, though, in order for that to take place. Also here today, good man indeed. He's the madman from Canada. He just got out of Toronto traffic to stop on by to talk to Joshua Hicks. It is Mr. Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Magic Man, great to have you here, my friend. Your thoughts uh, with Josh on the Chicago Bulls. You and I and Joe have been covering the league so far, especially the Eastern Conference. Where do you see, you know, with your questions that you're going to head to Joshua on where the Chicago Bulls will end up? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Josh. Uh, I watched an interview that John Sally gave with um, Vlad TV, and he said that being a Chicago Bull at the height of what the Chicago Bulls were was even better than being a Laker. Like, he he talked about how the hotels were different, and even the snacks were different. Like, there were snacks from countries he had never heard of i personally want to see these snacks myself but i i never will but you know there's there's something special about the chicago bulls when they're at their peak brother but they got a lot of interesting players that's what befuddles me i'm i'm a hoop head they got a lot of interesting players man dosun mu is a winning basketball player he just makes winning basketball plays i don't think people pay attention enough to this young man Um, You also have Alex Caruso. And, you know, as much as um, the Vooch trade right now might be looked at as a bit slanted towards the Magic, you know, for all his his limitations on defense, Vooch delivers offensively. So I always thought he was kind of like an even player. I never thought his uh, defense outweighed his offense. He was always, to me, able to be like an on-par guy. But... Again, there just seems to be like they don't mix together well. You know what I'm saying? I, 
I know they've tried different iterations and variations on versatility, right? But see, what do you want to see the Bulls do to kind of pick a direction to go in, Josh? Well, it's a very interesting, complex situation, right? Because when you talk about what the Bulls did with Zach Levine, you brought Zach, you re-signed Zach Levine to the team's first $200 million man ever in franchise history. That's a lot of responsibility that you know that Zach Levine has earned. Because yeah. let's be mindful of this. Yes, he was hurt during the beginning part of his Bulls tenure here, but the dude became an all-star. He was an Olympic gold medalist with Team USA in the process as well. And he's elevated his game every year and stats improved every year. So at the end of the day, he's done his job. He's earned his bread. But the Bulls had to get to a point where since they believe Zach is that guy, they got to put the right complementary pieces around them so that way they can elevate the winning status. And that's what the Bulls have did. They brought Vooch in. They brought DeMar DeRozan in. They brought Lonzo Ball in. Um, they they gutted out a roster that was literally terrible uh, in the bottom half of the, of the Eastern Conference. And with all those guys coming in and the changes that they made, me, me mindful, they were the top team in the Eastern Conference and one of the top teams in the NBA prior to Lonzo Ball getting hurt. And then things just slightly derailed until then. And so now we're in this position where, you know, the Lonzo Ball situation really messed the Bulls up because once they committed to Lonzo Ball, this injury that he's gone through is now three surgeries in. It's a lot of variations to where you don't know if he was fully going to play and you have the expectations to play, but he doesn't play. It's a repeat in a lot of ways of what the Bulls went through with Derrick Rose. And because of that status or taking place, the Bulls kind of got a little befuddled as far as which direction do we really want to go? Do we trust and believe that Lonzo Ball is actually going to stay? Because when Lonzo Ball plays, we see the Bulls being a top two, top three team in the Eastern Conference. Or do we let Lonzo move on from Lonzo Ball, can't wait, play the waiting game, go try to get a point guard and make this work? Well, when you're the Chicago Bulls and considering that you gave all your money to a big four with Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Vucevic, you're at the top of the salary cap already. You don't have space to go out and get another point guard to come on in. Nor do you actually have the trade assets because you traded all of your assets in the Vucevic trade. So you're going to have, you have no choice really but to be stuck and let this thing ride out. And that's what the Bulls did, unfortunately, which led to a lot of mediocrity. They had a lot of eggs in different baskets in that one basket to change this roster. And it worked so well, but only for a short amount of time. So they didn't have a plan B. And now that they know that this Lonzo Ball situation has really derailed the direction they want to go with high expectations of playoffs, they had to revert themselves now to where it's like, okay, okay, we need a point guard. And because we need that point guard, we got to move things around to get the best point guard we can that's on the market with the salary cap that we're able to provide. That's where you got Javon Carter coming in. So I will say that you can't blame the Bulls front office for going in the direction, which at the first, at, at, at first point C, especially the beginning of that first season, you can tell it was the right direction. But at the end of the day, you, you can question how aggressive were the Bulls going to be when they talk about figuring out the pieces to make this thing work, especially knowing that you can see, you can pretty much see from last season, but the offense and the Bulls was very up and down 
unless you got a solid point guard in there that gives you defense but also can score can score effectively when necessary and most importantly shoot the three when Patrick Beverly came in changed the game the Bulls won a lot of games and actually got themselves back into the playoff race to where they had ever one game away from literally going to the playoffs once that but they didn't have that throughout the whole entire season they and they realized I think in a lot of ways even though Kobe White has a chance to be a starting point guard in this league. It's not his time yet. He's still developing into that. And which also pushed the process of Io DeSumo getting in, which he is an NBA-ready player now from his experience at U of I and being a Chicago kid himself. He understands that, and he was actually, and he was ready to play at that present moment. But he was also a rookie and a second-year player. These some growing pains that go into that, that really derailed that position to a point where the Bulls literally had to sign the veteran minimum and go out and get Patrick Beverly to come in. So you can say that right now, direction wise, it's, it's what, what else can you get? Right. It's the best. Of, it's the, you got to pick the best of, of whatever choices you got. And the bulls made it clear that the nucleus that they have is the nucleus they want for now and the future and DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine and uh, Vucevic. So you got to work around with what you can. And that's what the bulls seemingly have done. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is Joshua Hicks from The Bigs. Go ahead and check him out today at thebigs.us. Go ahead and check out all his great work there. And plus, stop on by the site to get your view that you need on Chicago sports today at thebigs.us. Joshua, again, it all starts with Lonzo Ball as far as the luck for Chicago Bulls. I, I am truly sorry to see what's going on with Lonzo Ball because he was, uh, of course, a, a appreciative member of the Los Angeles Lakers during his time here. Started developing his talent uh, when he moved, tra- got traded to New Orleans. He started to develop his game where you saw real signs of a breakout potential. And then you saw, unfortunately, what's happened with the tragedy in, in Chicago uh, there's a real possibility he may never play again. I've heard the stories of how he can barely get upstairs. Uh, you know, he's had uh, surgeries. Uh, he is not playing this season. The Chicago Bulls have already received a $10 million injury exception. But still, the long process remains for Lonzo, and there's a real possibility that he may never play again for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, that's that's just the reality. We can't neglect that. I do believe there is a chance that he still can play. And I think he will eventually play considering that he's so young. He's mm-hmm. only 24, uh, 24, 25, I want to say. So he's still growing um, into the NBA body that it can be. It's just that his style of play is going to have to change. Um, I had the pleasure of talking to uh, Brandon Roy at the NBA draft lottery. And I asked him as someone who's gone through similar situations that Lonzo Ball has with his knees what's the best advice you would give him if he was in that, if he was able to talk to him? And he said, continue to go after your career because you can still ball. 
but just understand that you're going to have to change your game a little bit in small ways that you don't, that the average person or the average fan may not think about. For instance, you might have to change the way you cut. You may have to change the way you plant your foot. You may have to change your speed. You can't, may not be able to go full 100% every play. You may not be full 80% yourself. You might be 60, but you still can be effective. And a player that he believes that made a living off of a solid NBA career by doing those small things is a, is a former point guard in this league named Andre Miller. And having Andre Miller being that short point guard, but yet effective, solid point guard that could run an offense. Had a great mid-range guard. game. Excellent yes. mid-range. Excellent mid-range game. But he was also a visionary as well. He, yeah. he, he knew how to run an offense, get guys where they need to go to succeed. And when necessary, he can make the three. That's something Lonzo Ball can do with his skill set. And Magic it's is agreeing with you right now. And it, it, it's transferable because he doesn't require the ball so much. Uh, so, so, so because of that, that's the hope and saving grace that Lonzo Ball can really bank on considering Andre Miller was never an all-star, but he was a solid 15-point-a-game, close to 10 assists a game player that also had almost 20 years in this league. Mm-hmm. That's something that can give Lonzo Ball some hope moving forward when you talk about the process that he's going through, knowing that he may not be the same guy he was before, but at 6'8", six, 6'9", six, point guard in this league, that can handle the rock the way that he can, as well as spot up shoot, which when he was in Chicago, before he got hurt, he was shooting 40% from the three-point line. Yes. And he was a solid go-to option when Zach Levine was down because remember Zach Levine in the beginning of the season or halfway through the season, hurt his knee and wasn't his full self and a lot of games when he, and he missed a lot of games as well. So he was a good go-to as that third option when Zach Levine was out. Um, that's something he can still be. He just has to adjust his game in ways that most people don't really uh, pay attention to, or actually in a lot of ways understand or appreciate unless you play the game yourself. But I, I still have hope for Lonzo ball. It just may not be in the way that he's, he or I or any of us imagine or were accustomed to him seeing when you talk about the rise of his skill set. Now, this is his age 26 season, so he is entering his prime right now, just to let you know, according to Sport Track, just wanted to give you a heads up on that. But Magic, you were agreeing with everything that Josh was uh, was saying on that. Oh, that was beautiful, Josh. That was beautiful, brother. I mean, Andre Miller is probably going to go down as the best point guard in NBA history that's not in the Hall of Fame. He should be. Mm. He should be. Um, just the every description was point on. Plus, he was probably the most potent hybrid guard the NBA had. The NBA was moving in a three-point uh, mode direction. Uh, Dre adapted to that, and he also had a back-to-the-basket game that was second to none as a point guard. Um, so point on Josh. Wow. Brilliant brother. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Joe, did you want to interject in? I mean, there's so many questions that, that we have yet to talk about with Joshua on the Chicago Bulls, a team that again, uh, like Joshua said, is kind of in like a state of flux. Uh, and I know that the injury, uh, to Lonzo ball has really affected them as far as their growth going forward. But, a lot of decisions yet to be made in Chicago, my friend. Yeah, it's likely going to be the team that if they are 
below expectations and they fulfill those expectations, there's a likelihood that the fire sale might be an option for the Bulls. So you have DeMar DeRozan, who's on his last year's contract. Uh, Lonzo Ball, uh, depending on his situation, has a player option next year, which I'm going to take a guess if he can't play next year, he's going to obviously take, and then that'll be it for him. And then you got Vucevic, you got Levine, uh, pretty much the staples of your organization. I don't know if they ride that until they can bring something back. But I really believe that if they don't start out well, I believe Zach Levine's going to be shopped and not be a bull by the, by the deadline. So Billy Donovan is going to have to figure out what's going on. And the Laker bull talk uh, comes from a place of the bulls and the Lakers seem to have a good relationship similar to the the wizards they kind of have this kind of thing where they do help each other out when need when they need to uh so i would i would keep that i've i've, I've had them on my mind uh in case certain things work out for la and the bulls don't there could be something there maybe if the lakers feel like they can get the rosen on a on a on a on a last ditch f you know piece to get to the title that's something that might work what the bulls would get in return i i don't know what would be fair other than sending them a point guard like d'angelo russell and some fillers uh but that's something that could happen uh is it likely i don't think so but it could and the bulls just don't have you gotta have that A grade. You gotta have that A A grade player. You have to have a Giannis. You have to have a, a, a Jokic, an Embiid, a LeBron, or an AD. That's why things collapsed so quick. Once one cog fell off, it couldn't. You know, Zach couldn't cover what what Lonzo uh, wasn't there for, and everyone else is more of a role player on that team. Uh, I'd say Levine's probably the only superstar. And then you have. DeMar DeRozan, who's kind of going the other way, still has game, but I think his his best uh, attributes would be on a championship team as a third option. I think that would be a deadly, deadly player, which is why I'm I'm kind of that's what's been on my mind. But <laughs> Reinsdorf and company would have to essentially hand the title to L.A. for for us to get what we want out of that deal. He would have to say, all right, Lakers, you do me a favor in five, ten years. And that's not out of his personality, by the way. That's how Reinsdorf works. But if if if, if Malika could talk to Reinsdorf and the crew there and say, hey, look, if you help us win a championship this year, I promise you, anytime you need a third team to facilitate a trade, we'll be there for you. And that's kind of where I sit on that. I'll, I'll say this. DeMar DeRozan leaving Chicago is – very much far-fetched you will literally have to have a conversation with everybody on that the, especially that core nucleus of damar zach vooch and just be like look we're about to blow this up if that's the case i'm pretty sure nine times out of ten la the lakers is going to be the top option for him to go but i don't see any of that taking place because mark eversley uh recently made it known here at, Bo- at bulls fest that he wants demar DeRozan here long term and DeMar wants to stay here long-term. 
He loves Chicago. He loves the city. Um, he's often told and said that Chicago's given him more than he could ever imagine. So he's very big on Chicago. He loves Chicago culture. He loves Chicago tradition. You know, when you when you play the, the starting lineup anthem and you hear his name come out, he's like, oh, it gives him goosebumps. It gives him chills because of what that aura is like. And we have to remember that at the same time, he loves playing with Zach Levine. He's made it known that Zach Levine is the best sidekick he's played with. So DeMar DeRozan is in a very happy situation that he loves. He likes Chicago. The Bulls love DeMar. And there's going to be a mutual interest most, most likely in getting a deal done for some type of extension. So I don't see that taking place. But I will say to your earlier point about potentially Zach Levine being gone by the deadline. I do think it is a little far-fetched considering that the Bulls have been a continuity type of team and they've had times to trade people and they never traded them um, because of the fact of what they call, you know, the, the just tested the market and they really want to see what you can get out of a specific type of group before they make certain moves. They're not viewing this situation as they did when they first got here and they knew the Bulls was trash and they needed to bring some people over there to re to revandalize uh, what's going on over there. So it's not to them. They're not going to view this as a desperate type of situation. Um, but the marriage between the Bulls and Zach Levine is a little rocky. And um, you saw at points last season where they, at least from Zach Levine's point of view, he's made it very clear that he loves the front office, but there's been some coaching disconnects with Billy Donovan. And because of that, you know, it gives you the question mark of whether Zach Levine is really meant to be here, considering not only did uh, Tourist Karnasovas get an extension uh, to be the leader of the president of the Bulls front office, but Billy Donovan got a secret extension as well. He's there for the long term, along with Zach Levine. So when I say give and take, Nine just out of ten, the Bulls right now are going to take take their chance on Billy Donovan more than they're going to take a chance on Zach Levine. Uh, so because of that, Zach Levine is I would not be surprised if you hear more trade rumors about Zach Levine potentially being shot or being looked at on a trade market. And he'll be a coveted piece. Because I do even because I because I I'm a big Zach guy. I like Zach Levine. But if you put him on a championship team and have him as your third, or second, or third option, that's not bad. Um, considering his situ- considering that he's a bona fide 25 to 30 point scorer every night and he's a three level scorer. He's not, he's someone that will give you, he can get his own basket, but he can shoot literally anywhere on the floor and be efficient on the floor. Um, that's an all star caliber superstar that you're talking about. So I, I, I'm not going to say that the Bulls are going to be really easily reluctant, to, you know, to just be willing to give him up like that, but the price is right. And the situation doesn't lead to winning. Why not? You got to be mindful that when Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley came here, Zach Levine was already here. It's not like they selected him and want or traded for him and want him to come here. So they're working with what they have, and they believe in him somewhat because at the end of the day, you gave him a five-year, two hundred million dollar extension. So there's some belief there that you believe that he can play a pivotal role in the, in the success and the trajectory of your team. 
But because that, but because of the fact that Zach Levine wasn't necessarily someone that they selected or would have wanted from the jump, maybe you can open the door and say that okay, we're not going to trade him, but we'll listen to some offers. We'll see what you want for him, and which has already been noted quite uh, frankly that you know that's that's what teams are doing. That's what the Bulls are doing. They're not afraid to do that. Um, and, and, and it's also known that, you know, from what I've heard, from what I've heard from my reporting, um, the marriage between Zach Levine and the Bulls is not necessarily as as good as you would think it is or you could think it is. So if it comes to a situation like that, yeah, for sure. People are going to uh, call, figure out what's going on with Zach. Won't be surprised what the Lakers do. Lakers are, the Lakers want everybody because it's Tinseltown. <laughs> so because they want everybody, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll look at Zach Levine as well, as well as DeMar DeRozan. They're trying to see who else they can get over there. You got LeBron James. Y'all better win. So with them over there, yeah, of course, see, see, what, see, what, see what you can get and see what fits. But I won't see the Bulls necessarily blowing up the full team knowing that they do want DeMar DeRozan to be back. They made it known that they want him back. Um, and he's made it very clear that he's not ashamed to – pledge his allegiance to the Bulls in ways very similarly to what Vucevic did with the Bulls this past offseason um, by signing his extension. Me, and be mindful of this little tidbit here as well. Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan played at USC together. There's a relationship. There's a rapport. DeMar DeRozan coming to Chicago, is be, one of the main reasons is because of Vucevic. So not, knowing that Vucevic is there and his relationship with Mark Eversley, uh, which is very unnoticed and underrated. Um, it's a pretty big deal because DeMar DeRozan could have went anywhere, but he chose Chicago because of what the situation not only called for, but because there's someone in that front office he could trust in Mark Eversley. That goes a long way as to why DeMar DeRozan can be there and why Mark Eversley is adamant in keeping him there. So because of that, you can blow your Lakers and Bulls wishes like that goodbye, unfortunately for you guys. But I wouldn't say that depending on how this season goes, somebody's going to get looked at because the Bulls are not necessarily in the business of making big splashes if they don't have to, but they are willing to do their due diligence in every situation possible before they make a move. So that may be in the cards. Once again, it's Joshua Hicks from The Bigs. Please go ahead and check out his great work today at thebigs.us. Before we get into some players on the Bulls that you think are under the radar that you think deserve a little bit more love out there and knowledge to the average NBA fan on what they could do to help the Bulls team be a better team, the thing I want to ask you is, let's say you are running the Chicago Bulls and you see in the horizon up front a season full of mediocrity in front of you. As you said, and you you probably are where everybody's at between four to 12 could be anywhere where the season goes right or season goes wrong for the team. What kind of changes or things would you do to help this team get better? Well, you need more shooting. That's, that's the biggest thing. This is a make or miss league now. And everyone is living and dying by a three-point line. The Bulls were last in three-point attempts. So because the Bulls are last in three-point attempts, you not only need someone that's going to be able to shoot ideally 35 to 40% from the three, you got to be so you got to have people that are willing to even take the shot. Um, and that's something that the bulls lacked in. So 
I would get more shooting first. You got to get more shooting. Um, but two, you also got to continue to build on the versatility component, but get some size in the paint. The Bulls only have a few guys outside. Only guy really outside of Vucevic that had size like that was Andre Drummond. And Andre Drummond, even though he is a force to reckon with, you can argue he didn't get enough playing time last year. He should have. He's a rebounding twenty twenty machine. If you really give him the minutes to be effective, he will get you double doubles off the bench. Um, but he wasn't playing playing a lot of minutes. Part of it is due to the fact that he is always in foul trouble. He cannot stay out of foul trouble. But on top of that, is also Billy Donovan's system and his preference because he's very much into the small ball lineup. And when you're into the small ball lineup, you will lean more on guys like a Patrick Williams or at the time, a Derrick Jones Jr. or Javante Green to fill those roles in that big man department that even though Drummond can fill, Billy Donovan doesn't trust or feel comfortable enough putting him in those type of positions. So you need size. I'm cool. If you want to do small ball, okay, cool. But you got to, there's going to be some points in this league. You're going to be playing against some big, taller, swole guys that you need to be able to bang in the paint with. And Vucevic can't do it all by himself. And the bull, and need to mind you, the Bulls got killed in the rebounder department last year as well. So you got to get some size in the paint that maybe not necessarily offensively gives you stuff, but at least they give you defense, protect the paint, and they can give you rebounds. You give me that along with some shooting. And with the way this roster is, you kind of have some of that, and you got a solid point guard in Javon Carter. You you have a good chance for now with, with everything, the way things are rostered are lining up. But I will keep my eye on, on how aggressive am I going to be in letting the season go, depending on the direction that it goes. Because the reality is, as much as the Bulls did technically improve their roster this year, guess what? 29 of the teams in the league did too. And a lot of them in the Eastern Conference, especially when you talk about the top tier, Boston got better by getting Christoph Porzingis. Cleveland got better but, but get added with the shooting they got from Max Struess and those guys. The the Bucks got Giannis, so they ain't going. They're not going anywhere. You could argue the Knicks even improved by bringing in DiVincenzo and re-signing Josh Hart. There's th- a lot of these teams in the Easter Conference, and especially the top part of the Easter Conference, made big improvements. The Bulls, if you want to get to the playoffs and be a consistent playoff contender, you're gonna have to take some more swings like you did when you brought Vucevic and revamped the whole roster when you first got here. You're gonna have to be aggressive in taking those type of swings. I don't know right now if the Bulls are willing to do that, considering that the past couple of seasons now that you've had a chance to do that, you did not take the bait. You, pre- you, you stuck with your core group of people that you believe in that can get the job done. And yes, there's a small sample size that shows that they can get it done. But that was based off of one player. That doesn't justify everybody else. So you, so you, you have to be you know, you got to think about how aggressive are you willing to be based on where things are going with your franchise. And you got to be aggressive at all points. And that's something you have, you can give question marks on when it comes to the Bulls. And if I was in their shoes, I would emphasize that. Because as the Bulls franchise is known for winning six championships, two three-peats with the go to Michael Jordan, that's your standard. That should be your top tier standard, and you should stay there as long as you possibly can. There's a reason why the Bulls have six and haven't won anything since then, and the Lakers have won more championships 
three times more championships than we have. There's a reason for that. So you got to get to that level and get back to that winning type of basketball. And it doesn't go with just being laid back, chill. Oh, let's play out the process. No, you're going to have to get aggressive. And when something doesn't work, you make the changes that need to be made. So that's what I would do if I was in a position. And right now with the way the roster's set up, add those few uh, those few little um, changes or additions to it. And then you could say the Bulls have a good, decent chance of making the playoffs. But is it a title contender? No, not at all. Magic Man, I've heard some great thoughts so far from Joshua Hicks. Got anything uh, for him on the, on the Bulls, my friend, before I send it over back to Joe? Yeah, Josh, who is your all-time starting Chicago Bulls five? Uh-oh, watch out. <laughs> Ooh, man, don't do that to me. Um, <laughs> I got I to gotta put you on the spot, brother. I got to okay. put you on the spot. Right, I got you. I got you. Point guard, Derrick Rose. Um, obviously, MJ at the two. Scotty at the three. Whew. This point is interesting. Would you go artist? Mm, probably not. I'll honestly see. Yeah, that that's tough. That's tough. You're gonna I get can go artist. I can go artist at the four. I can go artist at the four. And then at the five, actually, scratch that. Give me Dennis at the four. Give me Dennis Robin at the four. Joe Cano at the five. All okay. right. Okay. That's that's a mean basketball team right there. That's a mean. That's a great passing. Team. It's a great passing team because Rodman and Noah, excellent passers, especially on the interior. So yeah, you got an MJ I, and and D Rose on um, in transition, plus Scotty down in the middle on both ends. Eek, that's tough. That's so tough. Defense, I was going defense too because. Rob can guard all positions. Joe Kim North can do all positions as well. Uh, but I know at the end of the day, I'm going to get some rebounds out of that thing too. Yes, so all right. This, you get the offense through the, through your top three, D-Rose, Scotty, and MJ. They can cover the offense. But give me give me the defense and, uh, and uh, you know, Dennis Rodman and Joe Kim. And Joe Kim North can score every once in a while when he needs to in the post. I'm, I'm straight. That's, right. that's a really good team. Yeah. Excellent, excellent choices right there, Joe. Any thoughts for Joshua Hicks, my friend? What you got? What you got uh, on play for him? I guess the the main question is is how's Billy Donovan's reputation in and around that team? Are they do they respect him? Do they like him? Do they is it indifferent? What's 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 Billy Donovan done over there that's good or bad? I, I'm not. I really haven't gotten a feel either way, and I was curious on what what the team's psyche is around his coaching style and how he coaches. Billy Donovan is definitely a player's coach. Um, players love playing for him. Um, one of your known guys, Alex Caruso, adamantly speaks on uh, Billy Donovan and how and the way that he coaches. It's probably because they have the same personality. They, they, they do have a very similar personality for sure. And one thing I will say that's underrated is across the league, Billy Donovan is known as an offensive-minded guy. That's why he was brought in uh, into the league, coaching the Thunder, taking over for Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks is more of a deep – he has some offense, but he's more of a defensive-minded guy. And they wanted the offense to excel when you got Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant in your backcourt, right? So – 
they bring in Billy Donovan to change that. Billy Donovan is a great offensive-minded coach. But I will say it's underrated at times in the defense because when he first got to Chicago, defense was trash. I mean, it, it, in the beginning, it was, you know, it was good until Lonzo Ball got hurt. But from that point on, defense was derailing. This season, this past season, Bulls was top five defense. The offense struggled. So now I think Billy Donovan has a blueprint to work with where he's like, okay, this is the formula that we need to apply defensively, and this is the formula you need to apply offensively. It's about putting it all together. And he is, as a player's coach, he gets players to buy in. Yes, Zach Levine and Billy Donovan had an up-and-down relationship in the beginning of the season last year. But at the end of the day, when you think about the second half of the season, Zach Levine was dropping 30 a game. He was fully healthy and doing his thing while, DeMar- while you know, and reeling the Bulls in a lot of ways to the play-in tournament. Well, respect the guy. Um, lots of you know, very smart basketball IQ. He had a yeah, very laid-back personality. You know, you can question that could be a great thing for players, but also could be the downfall because if you need to be tough on players – you don't know how they'll respond to that considering you're such a laid-back guy. But overall, well-respected in the locker room. Uh, players love playing for him. Stars love playing for him, which is why the Bulls brought him in. Because they knew that he's not only someone that can coach a, t- a coach a team and get them back to winning status, which is what he did with the Thunder, but he's someone that can get stars in the building. He coached Russell, Rus- Russell Westbrook. He coached Kevin Durant. He coached Chris Paul. He's coached stars and not just any stars. We're talking Hall of Famers. So because of that, they want some of that to rub off into this culture locker room, which last time the Bulls had stars and Hall of Famers, who was your head coach? Tom Thibodeau. And he and they were winning and they were winning games and getting to the playoffs every season with him. So that's why they brought him in. And you could say so far he's done above more than what the Bulls could ever want because the Bulls never made the playoffs past uh, – well, let's put it this way. They haven't made the playoffs in, uh, since 2017 or something like that when Fred Horberg brought in the three uh, the three stooges of Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, and Jimmy Butler. Um, the Bulls never made the playoffs until that point. So um, Billy Donovan is a respected guy, and the, he's – like I said, he's there for the long term. So I haven't had any issues with him. He's always been uh, respectful and friendly. Loves talking to us uh, from a media perspective. But you can also tell that the players do respect him as well. Even though there has been some question marks uh, from an offensive perspective that players like Zach Levine has been made public, um, there's a mutual respect to where you know the players love to play for him and they do um, put their best foot forward for him. Uh, in a way that could really change the status of, you know, the culture in the, in, the, in the Bulls locker room. Once again, it's Joshua Hicks. Please support him today at TheBigs.us. He does a great job along with everyone else at the Bigs. Give it a sh- try, especially if you're into Chicago sports. Go ahead and check it out today at TheBigs.us. Joshua, before we ask you your opinion and thoughts on the Lakers so for the season, I asked if there were some you had in mind some of the players we should actually check out. Uh, we know the big names, obviously DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic, Caruso, but there are players, young players on this team who might become the future 
of what the Chicago Bulls will be if those if decide to blow it up or if those guys move on the major names because most of those names are over 30 that I mentioned already. So who are the names under the radar that you think people need to keep an eye on that will help this team win now or maybe even later? One of the guys you, uh, you know, Matthew Man already uh, talked about is Io DeSumo, um, Chicago kid. Um, you know, he's had his last year was a season of growing pains uh, for him. He had a lot of ups and downs. He had some great moments, but he also had some bad moments. And um, for someone that already exceeded expectations as a second rounder uh, in his draft class, um, at the end of the day, you know, he still has a lot to learn with that point guard position. Um, and because of that, I know this offseason, that was one of the biggest things that he was probably worried about was his contract situation and if he's going to stay in Chicago or go elsewhere. But the Bulls made – they followed through on their promise. They wanted him back. They made it sure – made it known that they wanted him back. Um, and now that he's back and on a three-year deal, that comfort level I think is going to help excel his game that much more because there's security there. And having that security with him on top of him working on his game – He's getting he's getting better every year every year, um, but that experience of him being a starting point guard now to be got a Javon Carter coming in to take up that point guard position, someone who's also from the Chicagoland area, someone who has played um, in the NBA and built his way up to get to become a veteran player uh, that the Bulls need, not just from a shooting perspective, but just from a traditional point guard style and defensive uh, presence, but also at the same time too. He came from a winning culture with the Bucks, so all of that combined with Io, I think is going to be it's going to boost him just that much more. And you could say the same thing about his two his other two teammates and Kobe White and Patrick Williams. Those two young guys are continuing to make strides in their games and their skill sets. And Kobe White specifically was the question mark because he views himself as the starting point guard in his league, and. I believe he can be that guy, but he's just not there yet. So since he's not there yet, when the Bulls brought in Javon Carter, that's honestly a blessing for him because he could continue to stay in the six-man role. He could continue to be that guy where he doesn't have that much pressure on him to perform, but we know he can perform at times at a high level. Um, and he's someone that consistently worked on his game better and better. He told me last season during a long stretch in the second half of the season that the, the game is slowing down for him. And he's easy and it's making it easier to pick apart uh, the defenses and easier to read the screen and rolls. And also building his point guard acumen. So because of that, even though I don't think he's going to start this season, I think Javon Carter is, and rightfully I believe he should, um, considering his experience and he's a four, and he's you know was a forty percent three point shooter, come from a winning culture, and he just makes solid plays, but he's also a strong defender as well, which is what Kobe White isn't as of yet. So I think Javon is going to start, but Kobe White coming off that bench and having him paired with Patrick Williams, that's a sight to see. And there's a lot, and last season, you saw a lot of development under Patrick Williams in that second unit. If you put those two together in the same court, you saw some magic take place. And they have a great chemistry, not just on the court, but off the court as well. So I think all those uh, all those factors pretty much tie in to the progression of where the Bulls are going to go. And that's what the Bulls are expecting. They're expecting Iota Sumu, Kobe White, Patrick Williams to make big leaps into 
the roles that they know they can play, especially since they've been through situations where starters, players, stars, Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, these guys get hurt. They can't, they don't always play every 82 games this season. So I think at the end of the day, those are the three players that you really need to pay attention to from a growth perspective. Um, and I believe will make uh, some decent noise this season, especially if they are, you know, coming in their prospective positions of off the bench. Um, and I believe the additions that the Bulls made in bringing in Javon Carter, bringing in Torrey Craig, those guys are going to be the big difference to the younger guys' development. And I think that's, that's going to be the key as to what you'll see this season. Great thoughts. Uh, great thoughts right there from Joshua Hicks from the Bigs.us. Please go ahead and check out what he's doing today right there at the Bigs. Uh, but guys, any thoughts more on the Bulls? Do you have any more questions before I hit them up as far as any thoughts on the Lakers this season? Joe or Magic Man, any thoughts? Any questions on that? Thank- so, jo- so Josh, what does your gut tell you about where where the Bulls start and where they finish? Well, my gut tells me that my gut honestly tells me they're going to be kind of like hovering in the middle of the pack a little bit because there's a lot of kinks you still need to, to figure out, you know, especially if you have guys like Javon Carter, um, Torrey Craig coming in. This, I think they're going to struggle figuring out if they're going to be starters or if they're going to come off the bench. More specifically, Torrey Craig compared to Javon Carter. I do believe Javon Carter is the main starter that's been solidified um, for the Bulls coming into this offseason. He was one of the, he was the first signing that they had this offseason. And that tells you alone in a point guard market that it was that this guy was brought in to be the starting point guard. Um, but Torrey Craig um, kind of fills in that Javante Green role where he can be an animal defensively, very versatile from the perimeter. He's an energy guy, but he can also shoot the three as well. Figuring out where that place, those placements are going to be. And the Bulls are notoriously known for having slow starts. Um, yes. Well, we know all about that. We started 2-10 and 10 last year. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so because of that, yeah, I, I can see the Bulls just kind of struggling to get in the middle of the pack, trying to hover around and try to stay afloat in that realm. I do think – now, obviously, when I say this, everything has to go right, and you, have to, and you do have to have a little bit of luck in there. I think the Bulls will finish probably seventh in the East, and they will avoid the actual playing. Well, they can no, they'll they both they'll finish between sixth and seventh. They finish sixth, they'll avoid the playing tournament. If they play seventh, I think they'll be able to win that one game that they need to win in order for them to get to the actual playoff uh, to the actual playoffs. Um, I like the additions that they made, considering that this was the move that they wanted to make. We didn't expect any big splashes, but we spent the complimentary pieces to fill the voids of what the Bulls were lacking, which is solid play on on both sides of the floor at those positions, along with three-point shooting. Those were, for the most part, addressed, and I like those additions. So I think they'll boost and give them some help and give them a little bit more stability, Um, but I don't think they go as far as the expectations will be, which is the front office wanting them to go past the first round like they did uh, when they made the first round under uh, the first year of this whole change. I don't think that's happened. I think they will make it to the first round, but they'll lose in the first round. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout. 
but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Joe, before we head on out, uh, obviously I'm going to ask him about the Lakers. I'll start off with you, Joe. Any questions you want to throw Joshua's way on the Lakers or the Bulls, my friend? I'm good. You're good? All right. Uh, then I will go ahead and turn it over to you, Joshua. Your thoughts, uh, honestly, on on where you see the Lakers, how you see them performing this season, and uh, where do you think they'll go from here? The Lakers did a lot of good a lot of good things this offseason. I like the fact that you were able to retain pretty much the roster you traded for, being able to sign D'Angelo Russell to the team-friendly deal that you did. But I also love the Gabe Vincent pickup. Having Gabe Vincent as your solid point guard presence, especially when you think about how you know D'Angelo Russell played in the last half of those of those of the playoffs playing so poorly in that Denver Nuggets series. Gabe Vincent shown he can play quite opposite, uh, especially since he just played in the NBA Finals. Um, he's a good three-point shooter, a solid uh, defender as well. Um, and I think he will bring stability in that position in a lot of ways. Even though D'Angelo Russell did a lot of that in the second half of the season when he got there, Gabe Vincent is a good insurance policy for D'Angelo Russell in case, especially in the playoffs, things go south in a way that Durant and D'Angelo Russell doesn't arise to the occasion like you expected them to last season. So um, I like those pickups. Um, and you got I, – I love what the Lakers pretty much did. Um, at this point, I can see them as long as they're staying healthy and Anthony Davis. Everything harps on Anthony Davis. Uh, the Chicago brother needs to continue to show up, right? Um, as long as he continues to do that and play as well as he has been playing when he was healthy in the playoffs, I can see the Lakers potentially being a top four seed um, in the Western Conference. I can definitely see that. I like Darvin Ham as a head coach. Um, I like the fact that um, he, in his own way, LeBron's still running the show, but he's slowly giving more options and players that can fit LeBron James' skill sets. So that way he doesn't have to always carry the load. That's going to be big for them this season, considering LeBron James is going to the 21st season of his career. But at the end of the day, I, I like the well, I like what the Lakers have done. They're in a prime position to compete in the Western Conference, which is necessary considering that other teams like the Clippers, uh, the Nuggets, you know, the Warriors, they, they they're coming. They're they're coming for that top spot, the Kings. So because of that, I can see them being around that potentially top four seed when when I say the top four seed I'm really thinking like the actual fourth seed maybe dropping to the fifth but excuse me Lakers basketball improved a lot this offseason I and I think it can really come together um now that that now that a lot of these guys will have an actual full season to play together with most of those guys being coming in from the trade deadline last year Magic Man, uh, any last thoughts for Joshua before we head on out, my friend, and give him a chance to, uh, you know, actually pitch where everything, where everywhere he's at, where he wants to go ahead and make sure everybody gets to, you know, knows how to reach out and, and check out all of his work? Yeah, absolutely, Jill. Uh, I think Josh uh, illuminated uh, a lot of hoop heads tonight by just 
kind of reflecting on what the Bulls' original plan was. And then, unfortunately, because the circumstances outside of their control, like Josh said, they couldn't hit the reset button. Yet, you had to stick with the, with the plan. So, uh, that's very illuminating. And, you know, it's just Chicago sports is awesome when, when it's buzzing, man. It really is. I mean... You know, uh, I'm in Toronto, so a, a few of the, the Hawks that won their titles still uh, once in a while walk down Young Street flashing that jewelry around so everybody remembers. But and the Bulls had their run. But, like, it's it's something about Chicago sports, man. Like, you guys seem can't seem to have, like, two teams hot at the same time, right? It's man. like the Bulls, the Bulls go on their run. And then the Hawks go on their run. And then Sox and then the Cubs. But it never seems to, like, coincide. It'd be, be real cool to see one of these days. Man, I, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, it's always, you know, hit or miss uh, up here in, in Chicago when it comes to Chicago sports. I think the closest thing I can possibly say, we talk about good direct, like multiple franchises uh, going in the right direction. You can argue was when the when the the Blackhawks were winning their championships. I think it was three titles in six years. When you win your three titles in six years, and at the time you still had Tom Thibodeau and the Bulls running strong, um, making their deep playoff runs and the MVP in Derrick Rose at the time. So, um, and not just the MVP of Derrick Rose, the rise of Jimmy Butler in that process too. To where, you know, no Derrick Rose, no problem. Jimmy was taking us to the playoffs too. So. Yeah, that was the, probably the, one of the best times as a sports fan. We talk about multiple sports and franchises that once accelerating and uh, excelling in the winning process. But like you said, it really has been hit or miss um, over here in Chicago. We still we're still begging for the Bears to play well at some point. <laughs> um, we're still yeah, begging. B- before we roll out, how do you feel about the Bears this year? I am a Justin Fields guy. I like Justin Fields, man. Um, and I, I, love brother. The, I, I love the fact, too, that um, our GM, Ryan Poles, isn't playing any games either. He was aggressive this offseason. He made the right moves. He brought in DJ Moore. Um, he Instead of going after the big defensive tackle in the draft, he solidified an a, 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 a offensive lineman that's very solid, that can actually protect. He's young. He can grow with Justin Fields as well as protect Justin Fields. Um, in his position, and I think, I mean, the Bears made a lot of improvements. I don't think the question mark for me is necessarily the front office. It's really what they're going to do. It's really the coaching staff. What is the coaching staff going to do to put Justin Fields in the right positions to win? That doesn't. Do you go- think he's the man? Do you think he's the actual player quarterback for your for the Bears' future? Absolutely, um, I definitely do, especially in this new era of football. As the quarterback, you not only need to be able to throw the ball, but you also got to be able to run it. Justin Fields' his big, uh, biggest you know, asset is his leg game, his running game. And if you really want to be honest, it's one of the main reasons as to why the Bears didn't actually won games last year um, is the fact that he was able to keep plays alive. And anytime you got a quarterback like that with unlimited weapons, with I mean with no weapons, that's a positive sign to have when you actually bring him legit weapons like the Bears did been bringing in Chase Claypool, moving Darnell Mooney to the slot, uh, as well as having a DJ Moore. 
Number one, Ryder Saber. He's going to be, I I think he's got a claim at the end of this year if he wants Josh to to be the number one wide receiver in the NFL. I think think he's on par with a Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to get a chance to shine in Chicago as well. And to me, the Bears, the Bears improved themselves the most of any team. You're right. They addressed the line, and they got a number one receiver for Justin Fields. So now it's about them putting it together on the field. Most definitely. I, and, I, and I do believe that's going to take some time to get done, considering that there's a lot of new pieces, and as well as the fact that other teams, not just in the NFC, but their division got well as well. Yes, the Packers, we have a good chance of being the Packers this year. Very happy about that. But Detroit Lions got some monsters over there. They did a lot of good moves over uh, to help build uh, what they got going over there at Dan Campbell's, uh, you know, Fort at, with Dan Campbell at Fort Field. They got some monsters over there, too, and they have a good chance of really winning this NFC North. And the Vikings are the Vikings. They fall off. They may fall off a little bit here and there, but, you know, who cares? It, it's pretty much. <laughs> it's true. I mean, nobody cares about them outside of uh, Minnesota and North Dakota. Exactly. So at this point, I think it's going to be a, a real race between the Bears and, um, you know, the Bears and the Lions to really run the NFC North. Now, just like the Bulls, a lot has to go right for the Bulls to get there. A lot has to go right for the Bears to get there, too. But at the end of the day, I like the direction that the Bears are going. This is just right now. They're taking advantage of Justin Fields' contract. So that way they can get as much help as possibly can before they give Justin Fields that big deal. And um, because of that, I'm I'm very proud of where they're going, even though they not even though, you know, this is Chicago. We, we were about championships here. So even though the, the Bears may not make it to the Super Bowl, it increased the chances of maybe one day getting there because of the direction that the Bears are going. Absolutely. Joe, any uh, Chicago sports questions before we head on out? I mean, Chi-Town, baby, Chi-Town. Yeah, I was I was talking to Sean about this a few days ago. I had the privilege of watching a Laker game at the United Center, one of the easiest places to navigate. I think the only place that was comparable was Oakland Coliseum in Oakland. Just being able to go park and walk to the, the arena. And I did notice Chicago – had this energy that was similar to San Diego, but obviously the weather's different. But it was it was it was a good energy. I I I, I could see how when football season was going on, I went unfortunately in the springtime, so I didn't get a chance to kind of witness the Bears kind of thing going on. And I'm pretty it's it's pretty obvious that it's if if there was a choice, it's a football town. Am I am I, am I correct on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Justin Fields, the jury is still out on him. Uh, He's going to have to have a Jalen Hurts season to prove himself at this point because Jalen Hurts was considered not good enough until last year, until he was dropping dimes from 50 yards against the Steelers. And I'm going to say, like, this is this is what I don't remember him doing this in Alabama. I don't remember him doing this in Oklahoma. What the hell? What the hell is Jalen on? And he Justin Fields is going to have to make those passes to be the future quarterback for the Bears. And if there's one team, I mean one team 
in the, in the history of football that just cannot get that position right, it's been the Bears. Uh, they're still could argue the, best, the Jets, but their yeah. best, their best, arguably their best quarterback in their franchise is still Luckman. Luckman played before my f- father and mother were born, and I mean, I have never, I, I, I just can't figure out how they can't accidentally get a great quarterback, and and, and this is going to have to be, he's going to have to be doing that. Uh, he, he's great. He's going to be a if he stays healthy, he's going to be a very very good fantasy football player for those who own him. But there, he's going to need to start making the passes the NFL quarterbacks need to make for them to sit there and go, okay, I think in a couple of years we're going to have to drop 40, 50 million a year on this guy because he's going to keep us in contention. As far as Detroit, uh, everyone's high on Detroit right now, but I have a little bit of hesitation with them. I got to see a little bit more. They still have Jared Goff and they're still Detroit, the Detroit lions. I don't trust the Detroit lions. I never will. Kind of similar to uh, Arizona. Arizona, Detroit, the Ford family, the Bidwells, and the McCluskeys. I, I have not been a very big fan of those ownerships. I could get into that a little bit more, but I think I kind of sink the ship on the enthusiasm in the show tonight. But Justin Fields is going to have to Jalen Hurts himself this, morning, this, this, this season to solidify his position there and obviously give – the Bears crowd, the Bears fan base, uh, a really, really good feeling that they have a good future ahead of them. No, I agree with you. Um, I think Justin Fields already gave the Bears some hope considering the the Justin Fields success he had last season. We talk about the miraculous plays and him uh, breaking tackles and going for 60, 70-yard touchdown runs. Like, he kind of already solidified that there's some excitement behind this position in ways that the Bears last for a very long time. But the key to that is not only having the right coaching staff that can actually help develop Justin Fields into that caliber type of player, but also providing him the weapons to do so. That's part of why Jalen Hurts excelled at the way that he did, because you gave him A.J. Brown on one end and Devontae Smith on the other. And good luck. (laughs) <laughs> you know, trying to guard any of those what any of those uh, uh, those wide receivers. You give him some weapons, he went to work with them. I think this is the first season for not only Justin Fields to have solid weapons on the offensive side for him, but also solid coaching staff. Me mind need mind you, this is his third coaching staff and third offensive coordinator since he's been here. So this is the first time that he actually had continuity from last season in a coaching perspective, into another season. He doesn't have to learn another playbook. He doesn't learn more. He doesn't have to learn another uh, different terms of terminology for that specific coach because there's continuity with that process now. So now that because there's a safety net and that continuity process can actually take place, that can improve the chances of a Justin Fields leap in the development stages. And I believe that he can actually have that now that a lot now there's some solidarity with where he's at, not just from a position perspective, but from a coach's perspective and a chemistry perspective with his offensive line and the and the weapons on the outside that have been given to him. What a tremendous job today by Joshua Hicks. Please go ahead and support him if you can at the bigs. 
where you can find him at the bigs.us. But if he wants to go ahead and plug anything else, the rest of the time is yours, my friend. So go ahead. The pitch is out. Go ahead and tell everybody where you're at, what you want to go ahead and promote, and how they can get a hold of you in case they can go ahead and catch the latest stuff that's put out there by Joshua Hicks. Instagram and Twitter for me, both at Josh M. Hicks Media. That's where you can find all of my content as well as the bigs. Um, it's the bigs on Twitter. We're all over the place. Got stuff going on, especially uh, preparing for Bulls Media Day. So just uh, be on the lookout for that. But outside of that, man, you can follow all my content on my personal uh, pages, like I mentioned before, at again, at Josh M. Hicks Media. Shout out to the bigs. Shout out to my, my family, War Media. And all those guys over there, we got a lot of content between those two outlets that I have represented. A lot of great stuff going your way on all facets, not just Bulls, but especially Bears as well. Um, Bears and baseball, you name it. So just be on the lookout for those those two uh, outlets, but for sure, the bigs and my personal social medias, Josh M. Hicks Media, you'll find everything regarding me there. Awesome, indeed. And once again, Joshua Hicks, great job. And Keep an eye out for him on all the great stuff that he's doing at thebigs.us. Again, I'll say it again. I would love to have you back on anytime you want, but especially before as a part of our pregames that we're looking to do during the season against the, the when the Lakers and the Bulls meet up, we'll send the invite out and hopefully you can go ahead and, and you know stop by and talk to us again and see how where they're at as far as the Bulls, what their outlook is like, and to see if things are going to be turning around for the best or for or if it goes in a different direction we'd love to hear your insight on that later on this season most definitely man we'll, we'll see if we can definitely work something out i'm definitely interested awesome indeed once again joshua hicks the bigs.us please support him today go ahead and follow him on social media it has been a great time of course joe soro as well sean grice great to have them as part of the conversation tomorrow i will have on aaron rose but it's going to be a noon Pacific time early show for us because he has a wedding to plan. He just let me know yesterday. Oh, I got a wedding to plan, but I still want to talk Raptors with you. So he will be by talking the team that's just down the street from the magic man. And that's the Toronto Raptors. So we're going to talk about them tomorrow early. So look out for that. We are committed to doing all 30 NBA teams. Just got a word that we're going to do the Milwaukee Bucks and most likely the Indiana Pacers looking for more next week. We're looking to go ahead and get you the scoop on all 30 NBA teams. And we're doing it for you. Kurt, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody in the chat. The best Lakers chat that's out there right there. The Lakers fast break. It looks like this time, the fingers crossed that it is above and that we will stay above 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. A friend from Toronto has told me that that's most likely is legit this time around. Who's that? That would be the guy right next to me, unless his family and friends decide they don't like him anymore. Then you'll see a drop off like we did the other day, but that's on him. But once again, thanks so much to Joshua. Appreciate Joe and Sean. We'll be back tomorrow with more great stuff right here at the Lakers Fast Break.